Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast. We speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today we're joined by, we're rejoined by our special guest, Chris Flores, the charming one, the uplifting one. Uh, Him and I have worked together in the past. We're here to talk today about transcendent friendships. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. Love this topic. Let's do it. All right. So when we say the, the phrase transcendent friendships, what we're talking about is having friends or connections that transcend your situation and circumstance. So for us, we met as we worked together in the insurance industry, but just because both of us have transitioned from the insurance industry does not mean that our friendship has to change. And that because our friendship is transcendent, it can transcend where we happen to work, but we're still bonded and connected. So we wanna be talking about friendship today. And if you're okay with it, we're gonna jump into a little bit of true or false and have some dialogue on uh, based on those true or false statements. Sounds like fun, let's do it. Let's get it. So the first one I have for you is true or false, deep friendships are scary. Hmm. False, false. When I say false, because I think a deep friendship should be, um, it should be cultivated to close to a finished product. Um, you know, we should be beyond that scared stage. We should have trust. Uh, we should have invited that person into our circle uh, to incorporate them into our lives at a, a greater speed. And, uh, you know, I think that when we're first meeting people, learning who they are, incorporating them, uh, there is fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's fear in insecurity. There's fear in uh, letting them down. There's fear in, um, you know, just not being who is, is, is going to be accepted um, sure. by them or others. And, um, you know, we, we, we crave that acceptance as people. Um, but when we're deep into a friendship, uh, we would, should hopefully be beyond that. Absolutely. Now, what's fascinating, you brought up that sometimes insecurities and fears can come in in a friendship. In fact, even betrayal is real. And betrayal hurts. And sometimes people have had pain from other relationships and then they can project it onto the current relationship and say, surely if I was betrayed by this other person, perhaps I'm going to be betrayed again by this current person. Now, and and that can be a real hindrance in relationships. But but to your point, I don't think the deep friendships have to be scary, but they certainly can be. They can. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, you know, play that, uh, that, that contrast. That contrary viewpoint of how could they be scary, uh, you know, when when there's something greater at stake, whether it's um, you know dealing with a mutual uh, you know issue problem, uh, could get more into detail. But uh, if basically if one of you falls, both of you fall, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you're gonna fall together. Uh, if there's uh, if there's a, a disagreement of some t- of some type, it's gonna be magnified too. So for example, say that. Um, Say that we disagree on something, which we never do, right? Um, you know, and say that it's a big deal. Say that it's like something that, that, that one of us is very passionate about. Sure. If you're just my next door neighbor and we disagree, it's not a big deal. Right, right. right. So, I mean, it's my next door neighbor. I'm not going to worry about it. But being you, I crave your acceptance. I crave you being on the same page as me. Sure. And if you don't believe in something that I strongly believe in um, or something um, isn't of value to you that I crave your, you know... <laughs> just you're like you know being on board sure. then it's maybe going to hurt a little bit more it's going to be a little bit harder of a fall mm-hmm. uh compared to my neighbor not agreeing with me which mm-hmm. i'm not going to care so much about no doubt no doubt and yeah. it's, it's a fascinating element i think in, in friendships because the closer people are to you the more they can hurt you the more they can disappoint you and even the more they can annoy and frustrate you and uh, they have this greater potential for the pain 
the closer they are. Thank for you. sure. All right. The second true or false question, uh, statement I have for you is, right. I prefer a small amount of close friends. True. True. Just, I definitely do. And I think that's kind of like what you touched on a, a second ago, talking about people that let you down and kind of create a wall and, and a bubble around you. Uh, kind of makes it hard to accept everybody that comes your way. So I think as we get older, a lot of us tend to be pickier and chooser with who we let into our lives, especially when we have a spouse, we have mm -hmm, children, mm -hmm. we have these other important people in our lives that we want to protect and, um, you know, make sure that, you know, and for a sense, they're not being corrupted or sure, um, absolutely. that uh, they're not um, going on. down a path that we don't want them to go down. Um, but especially ourselves, um, you know, I find that uh, it's easier to control your surroundings when you keep a smaller group of friends. Uh, the larger your group, uh, the more that there's potential for chaos or, you know, potential for, you know, just situations that might be uncomfortable. Sure. And, and, and for me, I, I kind of th thought through this question. When I think about there's almost there's almost not on purpose, but there's almost this maybe it is on purpose. Um, the categories of friends where I almost have like my inmost circle. Mm, yeah. And then maybe outside of that, that close knit, I have my inner circle. And then I have my circle and then it's almost like every, everyone else. Um, but there's a, there's an element of my close friends who know the, know, know the, my ins and my outs, people that know the real me, like unconditional vulnerability, raw, the ugly. And what's, what's satisfying about those connections um, and that inmost circle is that they know me best and that they, they know me best as in they know the worst of me, but then they also accept me the most which is, is, is a special thing it's something I, I, I like the phrase that it's hard to fathom and understand unconditional acceptance when you don't have unconditional vulnerability i like that i like that yeah i find myself putting people in categories a lot and i want to get more onto your kind of wavelength as far as just that circle and then branching out from there um but i find myself putting people in categories like these are my sports nuts these are the guys that maybe i'll go work out with this is the group that plays video games. Sure. Uh, you know, this is the group that likes to travel. This is the group that likes nature. Kind of spreading it out like that. And really, I think a lot of us don't want to mix those specialized groups together sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes we get lucky and uh, certain friends fall into multiple categories. Right. Which I think that kind of propels them into that closer circle like you were talking about too. No doubt. It's interesting. Like even as we talk today about like transcendent friendships, they can transcend one category and bleed into another. Right. And I'm sure, we're, you know, and I actually, not I'm just sure, but I know we're going to talk a little bit today about different ways that we've transcended different things that we've done in the name of the, the friendship and in, in the name of the bond. Um, the third statement we have in the true or false category is my friends are like me. True or false? Ooh. Yeah, just um, you know, this one is a tough one because we get uh, we, we we got both sides probably with our friends, but uh, just I would say that um, that most of my friends are not like me. So false. Okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, I find myself more times than not um, what I consider a healthy debate. Healthy sure. debate. Sure, sure. And I feel like that's something that I commonly have with people in my life, and uh, definitely you know, not you know, argumentative, not somebody that loves conflict, mm -hmm. but, uh, but I love that different perspective approach as far as 
seeing the world and life in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm drawn more towards those kind of people that don't share the same perspective as me. And I kind of crave that in conversation. I feed off that. Mm -hmm. it, it, I feel like it makes me a little wiser, a little bit uh, you know, more knowledgeable, seeing the world through different lenses. Sure. I mean, right, you and I were in what, a two hour debate this morning, right? And yeah. going back and forth, sharing perspectives, sharing analogies and, and, uh, and really sometimes refuting the other analogies and that analogy doesn't seem to fit as well. And, <laughs> yep. uh, and you, I, I could see that, that you, you vibe off of that. I think for me, I'm, I'm, I'm similar. I think I have a number of friends that are not like me. Um, something that I've been trying to do, my wife and I talk about this idea, we call ourselves the anomalies. Um, even among our friends, you know, even it could be something as simple as uh, kids, you know, a lot of our peers in our age group um, and my wife and I are 33, a lot of our peers in our age group are having kids and, and we're that couple that doesn't foresee that happening or have a, a clear vision for that happening. But um, in, the, in that sense, we're the anomalies. We're not like a lot right. of the friends in our peer group, especially for us. You know, we've been married six years and people probably ask us once or twice a week about the, the topic, about kids, how mm. we're th thinking, what we're feeling, are we wanting them? But, um, but so I, I would say the number of my friends are like me in that um, I, I'm a communicator. I like talking. So naturally, I'm connected with communicators. I'm, commun I'm connected with people who like, ha like having conversation. And because I'm trying to make an impact for good and for uh, a positive difference on the world, I'm often connected with people who are also um, can, um, striving to make a difference in the world. So, as the phrase says, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a that proverb that says the the bird the flock the bird the the feathers birds, birds of, of a feather, feather flock, flock together. together. There we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the feathers of a bird. Feathers Wait a bird. minute. You okay, there we go. Yes. <laughs> All right. So there's a true or false section. We'll jump now into the fill in the blank section. All right. Number. So the first one is the hardest part of building a deep friendship is. Ooh. Hardest part of building a deep friendship is, uh, you know, first thing, first thing that comes to mind sure. is trust. Trust. Let's talk about trust. Tell, tell yeah. me about trust. Tell you about trust. Trust is having ultimate dependency on this person to act in your best interest and to be able to speak on your behalf when you're not in the room mm -hmm. and for it to be positive. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's such a, a fragile, I think, idea um, because how imperfect we can be right yeah. and we can be impatient we can speak out of turn we can um let an idea or thought slip that maybe everybody didn't, didn't want shared i know you and i are going to come back to that topic yeah. in a little bit right. no, i know i think trust is a solid one as far as um the hardest part you know to choose to trust even though perhaps even some evidence says well i should no longer trust um because of the track record but none, none of us has a perfect track record you know right. all of us fall short in that space next uh, fill in the blank we have is when I know a friend is hurting, I. When I know a friend is hurting, I uh, show empathy. Okay. Show empathy. What does empathy look like for you? So to me, empathy shows uh, showing commonality, showing that I've been there, done that. Um, and uh, not to say that you know, I'm a specialist in it or that, you know, just that uh, you should listen to me, but um, showing that commonality, um, trying to build comfort and, um, you know, trying to hold their hands so that I can help get them through it with my assistance or help, you know, essentially. Sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, you know, so something I talk about in a, in a workshop I do on, on interpersonal communication is, is about the difference between empathy and sympathy, right? So sometimes mm -hmm. if, you, if you like Google, you know, sympathy and empathy, 
Um, almost sympathy gets the bad rap. Empathy is like the one that's kind of held up and sympathy is almost like, I feel sorry for you. And empathy is almost mm -hmm. like the, I feel sorry with you. But right. what I like the, about the definition of sympathy is like, if you break it down, um, the word, like in the Greek, like the, the first part, sim, that's like similar, same, synonymous. And then that last part, pathy, that's like that pathos from the Greek word of feeling and being same feeling is, is what is kind of held up as, as empathy and being in that same place, you know, walking, um, uh, putting yourself in their shoes. So I think that's, um, that's a powerful thing to do when sometimes our nature is we want to give tips, we want to give advice, or even sometimes the men are criticized as wanting to try to fix right. the problem as opposed to just feeling and being with people in their pain or in their emotions. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, you know, some people are going to say that the perfect answer is listening, mm -hmm. you know, just like mm -hmm. you're trying to point out. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I think that sometimes we make a mistake on the circumstance of do I act, do I try to fix, or do I kick back and listen and just mm. be a support system? So yes, and and even uh, being married, I know my wife and I had ha had this conversation about even coming home from work, and when I come home or when she comes from home from work and she's telling me a story, like she, it's one thing to listen, it's another thing to have a sh short response, it's another thing to have a little bit of a me more meaningful response, it's another thing to be curious and feel what they feel and identify the emotions that are expressed during the story in and get curious and ask about has it happened before what was it like what did you think what did you feel yep. what are what are you thinking now that you've reflected on it for a little bit and to really connect with people to um help people to feel understood so that genuineness for mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. all right number three we're filling the blank is it's easy to trust a friend who done the same for you that reciprocal nature of uh them putting um putting trust and faith into you for a circumstance and then you giving it back to them i think that's uh, that's the most transcendent mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. right uh and there's something to be, about that to me that speaks about consistency right um when they're consistent in showing love to you that even when they make mistakes it's like okay well i know i know even though I may disagree with what they're saying, I know where it comes from. I know it comes from a good place. And if I know it comes from a good place, maybe I could give it some more stock in, in what they're having to say. And I know they're not deliberately saying something just to be difficult or to be hurtful, but to kind of grab that principle. Yeah. And I think too, like when you become like that deep in friendship, um, trust is just automatic. Like you don't mm -hmm. have to even question it. I just, I mean, when you're deep in friendship, it doesn't matter what the person does if it's if it's if it's right or wrong i'm gonna believe that they're that they have positive intentions and that their angle is uh trustworthy mm -hmm. so i'm typically not going to question it in that situation sure. either sure mm. all right so we covered the true and false covered the fill in the blanks and then and now we're gonna we're gonna jump into um some of the, the hard times that could come with friendship the the egyptian proverb <laughs> says a friend's double joy and has grief yeah. what do you think about that proverb it's funny i was talking to you before this about how it's like swedish it's honduran egyptian i guess the egyptians came first right so um you know yeah it's it makes sense if uh so the first part friends double joy right mm -hmm. um you know if one person has joy the friend it should be contagious you know so joy should be doubled right um and has grief explain to us the has grief part so when I think about the, the, the phrase, I think about um, it's one thing when I have joy about myself, but then when I have joy with a friend, it's just, it's just multiplied. Right. But when I think about the grief that I'm having by myself, when I have a friend who's with me in it, 
it's lessened and that we're carrying it together because I know one of my favorite uh, quotes on the topic, it, it goes, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And it's, it's a very simple concept, but the word to me that stands out is the word with. So that mourning is meant to be done with others. Or the way this, this Egyptian proverb says that, that grief can be lessened by friends. And they can make it easier to cope. And even how we were talking earlier about trust and even uh, the friendships that we can have with one another. Um, it makes it easier to go through the hard times knowing that I'm not alone knowing that I don't have to be by myself. And in fact, if I have great friends around me, like we were saying earlier, like that empathy piece, when I have empathetic friends, they choose to go through it with me. And it's almost like when I'm going through grief, I'm carrying a mountain behind my back. But then when I have a friend with me, it's like they're getting underneath that mountain with me. And all of a sudden the weight is literally cut in half. Well said. That's why it's halved. All right. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, we do want to tell them a story. Do you, do you want to lead off with this story or do you want to? Do you want to um, the story that comes to mind. Uh, so we have a, uh, so back at work, we had a mutual colleague um, that, um, that just as we were hanging out, it was kind of a, a text that I got blip on the radar. I, I really didn't know the person very well, uh, but someone passed away and uh, they were at work. I mean, there's like 1500 people that work in the same building. Can't know everyone. Um, but very sad thing. So mentioned it uh, as the text comes in to Derek and uh, I didn't realize Derek had a personal relationship and experiences with this person unbeknownst to me. Mm -hmm. So bringing it up, um, the mood in the room changed immediately. Um, you know, Derek uh, went deep into thought, was like, you know, reflecting and um, it's a, it was a tough moment. It was a sorrowful mm -hmm. moment. It, you know, made you think of a lot of different emotions that just, I would let you speak on those. Sure. Um, but the whole point is that uh, I immediately wanted to solve the problem. And, um, yeah. you know, just this wasn't a time for me to listen because it was silence. Uh, it was a time for, for me to, to take action. So um, what I did is I know Derek is, um, is, is an amazing Christian, um, you know, deep in his faith. You. And just I wanted to remind him that we needed to pray. We needed to bring God into the picture. Um, we needed to ask for, you know, his hand, his assistance, his strength. And uh, so in that moment, um, you know, rather than sitting there in silence and awkwardness, uh, we prayed. Mm -hmm. And uh, in welcoming God into the picture, that solved the problem immediately. Um, you know, it, um, it kind of made some strong feelings come out and um, kind of, you know, just, uh, how would you put it? This, I guess... Uh, I'll just say this, it brought control back to the room. It brought control back to the room and it changed the mood back uh, to a positive mm. and we move forward. Um, but uh, if I didn't identify that as a friend, I mean, just, what would I have done? Just sat there and let nothing happen. So, um, but what was your take? What were the feelings that you were going yeah, through in that you moment? You know, um, a death is, is one of the, the strongest experiences that I think to go through in life period. And um, as I've had um, close friends, I've had family members, of course, uh, you know, you, you know, I, I, I talk about openly that, you know, my dad passed when I was 17 and death has a way of moving me to assess how I'm using the time that I have. Yeah. And it this in some ways, it rocks me, it shakes me, it moves me and it makes me think about the conversations 
that I had with the person who passed away, the conversations I could have had with the con with the person who passed away. And I, I mean, it, I literally went right into grief mode when you shared that with me. And I'm just thinking about laughing with, you know, our co uh, the coworker's name is AJ, you know, laughing with him and talking with him and connecting with him. And, and did I do my part to be a great, um, to be a great example that I do my part to build him up. And uh, you, you just don't really know, right? That's how kind of that, a lot of times death happens is you just couldn't really project it, that, that something, I mean, he was seemingly fine a, a couple of months ago and all of a sudden we got the news that he passed. I was like, whoa, um, yeah. didn't see that. So then when I'm over here, like in a daze, in this grief slash reflection mode, and then uh, you're offering to pray. I'm like, okay, let's, yeah, let's do that. And, and I remember us praying. And then I remember like just crying, like into prayer, you know, and just uh, tears flowing. And, and it is just wanting to make the most out of the time that I do have. And not, I don't want to take anything for granted. I don't want to take my time, my purpose, my passion. I don't take any of my gifts for granted. And when I look back on my life, you know, whatever the time is, I want to know that um, I did everything I could to help the most amount of people possible, which it gives me a lot of vision for, you know, the business that, that, that we're building, that I'm building, that we're building, um, to, um, to write. So, the, so people could read from all over the country and all over the world to make videos, to make podcasts that people who I've never got the privilege to meet can still be um, influenced by the principles that, that, that we're digging into and, and talking about, um, but I really appreciated you initiating us getting a chance to pray. I remember afterward you were you were like, man, man, that was like the most real prayer. And then uh, you came over and said, hey, you want a hug? And I don't know if I said it, but I, in my head I was thinking no. But <laughs> but you came over, gave me a hug, you know. And uh, and again, yeah. it was to me it was one of those special moments um, yeah. that you initiated the prayer. You initiated, hey, let me make yeah. sure you know I'm here for you. I got your back. And um, yeah, it was it was one of those. Yeah, that's uh, my thing. Hugs are, are powerful. Just uh, yeah. you know, just that comfort. That that's that's nurturing right there to me. That's I guess that's one of my love languages, if anything. But um, but yeah, I mean, when we're able to enrich somebody else's life, uh, it's a very special thing. Just no matter what the circumstance is, and if we feel like we weren't given that opportunity or we let that opportunity slip by mm -hmm. uh, without action being taken, uh, I can see how that would be tough to handle. Um, but uh, reflecting back on it, um, you know, just uh, I think that uh, I think it was. We found some, some some common ground there as far as some good experiences that you had with him and, uh, you know, kind of not putting all that burden in your own hands with something else, you know, just, I mean, mm -hmm. um, we can't give ourselves all that burden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but you're, And you're right. You're right. Even um, we got news. What was it? This past weekend? Yeah. Uh, the past weekend that another coworker, um, Robert Young, uh, that we that we worked with before yeah. had passed and... And I, I think my immediate response to you was, man, it makes me analyze my own life. And then your thing was, let me jump in and try to reassure, like, hey, like, don't be too hard on yourself. Like, uh, don't be, don't, don't have an unhealthy take on somebody else passing. And, and you know, I kind of refused, I kind of jumped back. I was like, no, I don't know if it's, I'm being too hard on myself, but, um, but death has a way of jolting me and wanting to wake me up and to get on purpose and to live on purpose, to live with intentionality instead of just letting life happen you know to really you know seize the day and go after it yeah you got to find purpose in life mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. yep 
Well, good. So that, that kind of captures this element of friendship during uh, some of the hard times. And we could grieve about a whole lot. Losses, breakups, uh, different pains that come our way. And the, ne the next thing we want to jump into when it comes to transcendent friendships is, um, is hard talks. And there's a, there's a Canadian proverb that says, you can always tell a real friend when you've made a fool of yourself, he doesn't feel that you've done a permanent job. Mm. You want to respond on that one? Yeah, just, um, you know, we, we kind of touched on it earlier. I mean, as friends, we're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We're going to annoy each other. We're going to, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we're going to know those nuances of what sets us off, especially in debate, especially in times of frustration, stress. Yeah, and uh, I can speak on it as well. Yeah. Um, it hits me because I, I can make a mistake, but to my friend, that mistake doesn't define my entire life. Yeah. It's a, it's a, like you said, it's a blip. It's a mohill. It's not a mountain. It's not all of me. It's a, it's, it was a, it was something that took place. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't have to be the, my yeah. permanent definition of who I am. In, like you're not going to be judged short. forever on that mistake, essentially. Right. And, right. and, and the real friend, yeah. um, even helps you to overcome the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment that often we could feel. You know, when you make a mistake, uh, you could feel the shame, the guilt, and the embarrassment. Your friend just try to has to help you um, yeah. to navigate, and it goes um, well. You know, they have this respect for you for a lot of the good that you've done outside of that one mistake, and they they help remind you that and bring you back up. Yeah, and I think that's important not to hold things against each other and to uh, you know move on in life. I mean, if we're constantly holding on to things that. Um, you know, is putting our friends into uh, a bucket of, um, you know, just uncertainty of their friendship, then what are we doing? How are we even considering them a deep friend? Um, you know, we have to forgive, we have to move on, we have to adjust and, uh, you know, look at, look at things in uh, a better light. That's right. Yeah. And I know we have a story when it came to um, being at work together. And um, I remember you had a a conversation with me and you pulled me aside and oh, okay yeah. and and you told me that that uh, you noticed even as your friend at work that I was quick to throw you under the bus if we were in, a, in, in, in with yeah. a group group of, of coworkers yeah. I, I would quick to to tease you or make fun of you or uh, to make people laugh at you and you you expressed yeah. to me that that you expect better and you expect yeah. me to have your back and not be one of the guys that's throwing extra shade or throwing you under the bus, but you expected me to be somebody who was getting under that bus and picking and picking you up. Right, yeah. And, um, yeah, we want advocates. We want advocates as friends uh, mm -hmm. and in the workplace. Uh, so if someone's appearing to not be your advocate, that could be problematic uh, going back to trust, going back to collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, in circumstances that, when I pulled you aside, it was because, you know, a, a private conversation being put public, I mean, you know, and uh, it impacting someone, impacting someone where they questioned their job stability. Mm -hmm. So that was something that impacting others um, where conversations that may or may not be perfectly appropriate, be behind closed doors. Um, but then sometimes conversations get taken out of context and sure. being in jest become real. And then other people seeing that, I mean, they can't interpret, was this a jest? Was this real? Um, so being a leader and, uh, you know, being responsible for others and their development, 
uh, definitely have to be careful about um, you know how that communication is portrayed and what's known unknown. Uh, it just becomes complicated, you know. So do we want to flesh out uh, that situation mm-hmm. as far as share explaining the, it? Right, right, right. Because like, I'm not sure, but if I was on the other side, mm-hmm. I might yeah, be like, confused. Like, like, hey, wait, so give us more. Give what us did, more. What did, yeah. what did Derek do to say that try to do somebody's to job stability? <laughs> like, wait, what did they do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, I'll, I'll take this. I'll take this. So. Uh, myself, right? We had these, uh, what do review. you call them? Performance reviews in front of um, like vice presidents and as- assistant vice presidents and all this stuff, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, trying to incorporate some fun conversation, but real stats. And one of the things was that we were talking about how, uh, you know, different teams, they form cliques and friendships, talking about engagement, talking about leading people, especially when it comes to your team of 20 people, how do you get everybody to be engaged? And uh, one issue that I had that I had to overcome was that uh, just I was having some groups form and they were cliques and one of the cliques even called themselves the Mean Girls. So it was a funny thing <laughs> that this group was calling themselves the Mean Girls. And, uh, you know, not to say that it's you know appropriate, but I mean, it was funny. Uh, so use that. I didn't call out names or anything like that uh, during the meeting, uh, but uh, but it was used in jest and how we did some uh, specific actions on the team to get on track and to separate these cliques and to work more as a team and eliminate the clique essentially, right? So it was just a win in discussion. And then privately talk to Derek about, you know, who this mean girl group was, you know, to ease his curiosity, right? (laughs) As far as like, who are these mean girls, right? Um, So then in a team meeting for myself for a potluck, when I was, uh, you know, leading my team and talking about this and that, and we're getting food, Derek mentions the people's names in the group and and how it was talked about um, in that uh, performance review. Right. So immediately, uh, <laughs> the leader of the Mean Girls, I love you, by the way, uh, was like, oh my gosh, you called me out in front of the associate vice president and the vice president. So she was super nervous and uh, I felt horrible. I had to pull her aside and say, hey, you know what? Uh, you, know, you know, it was something funny. Uh, your name wasn't called out. Derek knows about it on the side. He misspoke during the team meeting. It's awkward. But uh, just, just laugh with me about it. And that person laughed with me about it. It was fine. Right, it was totally right, fine. Right. But at the same time, it's like, oh, man. Stepping over boundaries of, you know, what you, you tell your friend, um, how do you accept them resharing that even if you're there in front of 20 other people? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so how much of a conflict is that? Do you lose trust? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And which is interesting. And, and, uh, and one, I had to take ownership from what you, when you brought it up to me <laughs> of throwing you under the bus. Um, but at the same time, like still here, my perspective was, he shared about the mean girls to a group of people in the performance review. Right. So to me, I thought it was fair game when I went fair into game. another group of people, which is his personal team and shared about the mean girls. And, and I, I thought the team knew who they were and he knew who, and I knew who they were, but I, but he didn't, know, um, but they didn't know that it was going to be addressed in the performance review. So, yeah. but regardless, it was yeah. still, uh, it was, I think a faux pas. It was a, it was a, it was a, a mistake on shortcoming on my part. And uh, along with a few other incidences and he, and you, you put me aside and it hit me because there's a, there's a lot, there's a philosophy I try to live by, which it says, um, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, except what's helpful for building others up. Um, 
according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So I'm always, I'm trying to think of how can I build, how can I benefit? And, but you were directly telling me that the way I was um, coming across is I wasn't building up. I was doing the opposite. I was tearing down. Yeah. yeah it could have been that plus a little bit of like, maybe you stole my joke too, in that sense, in that moment. So that could have been part of it. I stole, oh, I stole your joke? You stole my joke. Yeah. About the mean girls in front of my team. Okay. I got to tell the joke in front of the, the performance review. You got to tell the joke in the team meeting. I was probably just jealous, man. Because I love yeah. It's all good. Love you too. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So then we have in transcendent friendships, there's, there's um, you're being there for each other for hard times. But then there's also um, even having grace and patience and forgiveness for each other for, um, for their shortcomings. In this case, it was me um, having the, the shortcoming and you being patient with me. And then we get this next category, which is um, shared experiences. You know, the, the African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm, now, what, 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 is that, what does that proverb mean to you? Ooh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's all about teamwork in that sense, you know. Um, you know, so, I mean, going alone, we're going to be able to definitely get off to a faster start uh, when we try something by ourselves. But um, that endurance principle of uh, being able to withstand time, um, we're always going to be able to go further um, with people helping you. So uh, love that principle. And uh, the teamwork, uh, the, the teamwork element is uh, just, it's universal for everything that we do in life. I mean, you know, it seems like uh, for, for all my experiences, I mean, I've always gotten farther when I work with a group or a team versus by myself. Mm -hmm. But what about you? Sure. And I, I think to, to that point, the way we can complement one another and, right. and the truth is, yeah. um, I'm not good at very many things. There's like very few mm -hmm. areas of life that I would say that I'm great or even excellent in. But because of that, uh, I need to lean on other people who compliment me and make up for my, my deficiencies and who um, build me up. So I, I like speaking, coaching, of course, that's what the business is about, writing, communicating. Those are my gifts, right? I, I talk about them all the time. Communication, positivity, focusing, achieving, and maximizing. Like those are my, my five. Those are my five strengths. But then I have other people that come into my life that help, help give me um, other perspective, like, um, like empathy. I, I, I would say for me personally, empathy isn't natural, but, but so I try to work at it. Right. So, but then when people are around me that are more in tune um, from an empathetic perspective, and I don't often feel guilt, probably because I try not to do anything that makes me feel guilty. Um, but that's not the way I typically operate. But people who are more in tune can give me some objective feedback on how I'm carrying myself. Because even when you told me, you sat me down for that conversation from the last point, um, it wasn't as though I felt guilty and I kept going. It was that I didn't, I didn't pick up on anything. I had no idea. And then, but you telling me that helped me to see it. And then, all right, let me make some changes that come from it. Yeah. yeah I think it's definitely about you know, leveraging strengths and uh, mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion of a group. Uh, so everybody's going to bring their different skill set. And that's why when it comes to your friends, coworkers, it's really good to do exercises like Strength Finder. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like what's another one? Um, you know, finding strengths in others. I forgot the name of it. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of different things like, like Max Briggs, I think is one. There's, what is per it? there's personality assessments. Yeah. Um, there's, um, there's a, is it Briggs and Myers? Briggs and Myers. That's That's what I was thinking. Um, but uh, with that stuff, I mean, you can really understand who your coworkers are and how they can help you. And just like Derek said, the empathy piece missing. I mean, that's something that um, I would like to say that I could add maybe. So, hey. I like it. I like stuff. it.
So in, in, in that space, in this category of shared experiences, um, and sometimes it's, it's fun when you have friends that like the same things, but sometimes you have friends that, you know, you're on different pages, you have different hobbies or different uh, preferences. I know uh, one experience yep. we had a couple of years ago is um, you, you really wanted Vince Carter's autograph. You oh know? my gosh, yeah. And he's uh, going to be a sure Hall of Famer, um, yeah. one of the best, yeah. most athletic NBA players of all time, probably the best dunker. Of, yeah of all time and you know he, they call him half man half amazing half yeah. man half amazing half man half amazing so vince carter's this basketball player that i got to see when he was in college uh, when he played for north carolina they were here in san antonio for the final four uh so i was excited to not even just get his autograph but i wanted to just meet this guy uh definitely just a childhood hero if you will right um but inviting Derek, i mean Derek's not in the business of ooh, i gotta go meet this celebrity he's not a you know, a celebrity hunter, stalker, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, right? But I was like, man, I got to meet Vince Carter. Like, he's a basketball fan too. Like, get your butt up, let's go, right? Right. Uh, so he wasn't into overly, like, doing this or meeting the guy or asking for his autograph. Even potentially thinks there's a little bit of awkwardness there, right? Sure. And and yeah. to be truthful, um, mm -hmm. you had asked me if I wanted to go to his hotel and I was like, wait, what? Like, how, how does that, you know, <laughs> how does that work? What happens? Are we like in the lobby or what's yeah, going yep, on? And, yep. and, um, and, and, but also I found myself, I don't know what it is about me. I usually have no problem talking to anyone at any point at any time, whether right. in public or in private. But when I'm around NBA players, I almost like forget the English yeah, language. Yeah. Well, you know, truth be told, he was right. Uh, we show up cause I got some kind of inside tip of where he was going to be. Right. Uh, should we throw the hotel's name out? Is that even important? Um, he was at the Westin, but, um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so the entire team was there. It was actually the Sacramento Kings. He's been playing for like 20 different teams now, but, um, we show up and the guy, you know, it's like Vince and he's does one of these and keeps walking, you know, doesn't bat an eye at us. Uh, so didn't work out to expectation but yeah so yeah. so you're mr cool casual down to earth regular i, I didn't say all that and, and so you go up to one of the players get the autograph i take a picture of you and then i probably compliment him too right right and I'm, tr something. I'm trying to say something yeah. nice to him and i tell him man we 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 really want you to come back to san antonio which, Which I thought was really nice at the time. I was like, oh, that's a really nice thing to say. Yeah. I don't know why I said those words because when he walked away, I was like, hold on, I just, I just lied. I, did, I just lied. I don't want, not that he's not a good player. Not that he's, I mean, he did a solid job this past year. But in that situation, learning, I mean, again, like I've watched basketball my whole life. I'm a, I'm a big fan. And just forgetting how to, you know, interact and things just kind of popped out. And I said, let me. I, but subconsciously, I, did you would you mind him coming back? I wouldn't mind him oh, coming okay. back. Okay, you wouldn't mind it. But that just speaks yeah. to um, this is not really my world. I don't really again. I don't really yeah. have many interactions with NBA players, celebrities in general, right? Celebrities and that, in general, and that brings up the whole point of you know when we do talk to somebody and just an acquaintance, somebody we're meeting for the first time, when we do compliment them, is it always genuine? Is it okay to <laughs> banter? With maybe something that's not 100% true, but mm. you're trying to make the person feel better? Mm. Is that okay? That is a deep philosophical conversation for no. another podcast, no. No. perhaps about morality. No, okay. that's, that, that's a good <laughs> Right one. or wrong. Mm. Not for sure. <laughs> Integrity. Mm. <laughs> but, um, but. Good point. And I remember us going to the game that, that day and we were, um, um, you had a, you had a stack of cards that we were trying to get um, 
autographs um, from the players. And then one of the players came by and I gave him the card to autograph. He looked at the card and he like shook his head and he signed it. But I gave the wrong card to the wrong um, player. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. He's, so. He probably had nightmares from that. Yeah. Uh, it's just embarrassing. You know, someone thinking you're the wrong person, you giving them an autograph and it's not even you. Right. Or so. Real. Poor so, guy. I think he uh, he got cut shortly after that. <laughs> so and, uh, I sabotaged his career. Yeah, no, you you in a sense did. Yeah, yeah, right. So she sent him a letter. So podcast. the point of that mm-hmm. is transcendent friendships. Is you have these shared experiences. Like we couldn't really know this going to be a story we talk about two years from now, mm-hmm. uh, with trying to meet Vince Carter, lying and then getting the wrong autograph on the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we have that experience. We have that 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 connection. So um, that's a shared experience. And the last point we'll cover today for transcendent friendships is uh, helping one another. Okay. And there's a, a there's a proverb, and I I don't know if I wrote down the, the 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 origin, but it says, "When need comes, one <laughs> knows one's friend." When need comes, when one need. knows one's friend. What does that proverb mean to you? What does it mean to me? Uh, and, and this was what origin was this? That's what I said. I oh, you don't know. You don't I, know. Yeah, that's a great question. Okay. Um, yeah. What that means is that, you know, when you're in need, your friend better be there for you. Um, so it just uh, just goes to show that a true friend is going to be there for you uh, in your darkest hours, in your hours of need. Um, and uh, I mean, is it safe to say that they wouldn't say no to when you call out to them? Is it okay for a friend to say no? I think it's okay for, for, for a friend to say no, but it's... I mean, it kind of depends on the reason why. Like, let, so if I call you at three in the morning, say, "Hey, pick me up, take me to the airport," you're gonna say no. Now, what if my wife was having a baby and in delivery? I'm, I'm gonna say no. Some issue having the baby? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I said no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but so it's it's tough. In general, if you can, then it, it makes sense to, for friends mm-hmm. to be there for one another during that time of need. Right. I feel you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the uh, the closest situation I can even think of is that a friend of mine gave me a call to go help him out because he ran out of gas across town. So I literally had to drive 45 minutes across town to pick him up, go to the gas station, get gas into this little can, and then take it back to his car. He was good to go. I drove home. Uh, so that, to me, that was that was like a two-and-a-half-hour trip, essentially, that I had to partake. And thinking back on it, I'm like, man— this guy could have, you know, probably spent less money than I did to get an Uber to a gas station <laughs> two minutes away, fill up his own can of gas, and then get back to his car, and I wouldn't have had to have been inconvenienced. Wow. Yet at the same time, I'm tell doing us a how you really thing. feel. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm but I'm doing a friendly thing, right? So it's all worth it. Yet was it worth asking? So mm. when do you so so when are you even in need to the point where you ask the question <laughs> of asking for help? Different podcast (laughs) (laughs) on knowing and discerning a need versus a want. Sign me up for that one. (laughs) I know when we worked together and I was uh, charged with um, bringing the the Toastmasters program uh, Mm. to to the the organization. And uh, it it was cool to be able to call on you. I remember... um, that some other Toastmasters representatives were coming to the building. Mm, yes. And um, and then I asked you, can you hop into this meeting with me? And you yeah. responded to me in my last time oh, of yeah. need. Of course. And uh, and you got into, I don't know if it was last second. I feel like I had it on your calendar. Was it? 
I might I, have had to remind you again. Didn't check my calendar it. much, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I had to give an impromptu speech, which I did not know I was doing. So, right. So that was, that was impromptu. part of what Toastmasters is you give uh, that's the yeah, table that's, topics. That's part of Toastmasters. Huh? Right, right, um, right. But, yeah. you know, we were in there and then... Um, and these ladies were these old, you know, yeah. more mature ladies. I wouldn't have said old. But it <laughs> I didn't say it. Mature, wise, wise ladies. So these more these more mature ladies um, came in and and they were they were kind of giving me a hard time a little bit about um, they they wanted more people to be there, which we mm -hmm. they didn't really communicate beforehand. So it was the visitors were really um, Chris and I. And then uh, they were looking to have more of an audience to try to. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We weren't enough. We thought it was a dry run, seeing, you know, how they do it, getting their knowledge and kind of being able to build on it for our, our own. But they wanted to basically run uh, an actual Toastmasters event uh, with a bunch of people there. So just, just miscommunications, mm -hmm. miscommunications. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it worked out. So I appreciate you being there and. And being there in my time, I need to be able to provide that support system because they were giving me a hard time with you there. If you weren't there, it turned there, out great. Then... It turned out great, in my opinion. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fine. It was good. It was fine. Yeah. All right. But just like that, I had the exact same thing where I needed your help running a campus-wide event uh, at, uh, nationwide. Just uh, It was a Halloween event where you know, we had like 1,200 people come through security and I needed your help on mm -hmm. just the uh, organization and structure and this and that. And you actually spent the entire event uh, shadowing me, helping me get stuff done. So mm -hmm. that was, you know, very integral for success. So yes. I thank you too. So uh, being there for each other, I went both ways. It was reciprocal. That's right. That's yeah. right. I know you're big on reciprocation. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you were a great example of putting that, that event together. Some, something I, I describe is your, your servant leadership was on display. And I remember um, you weren't above helping to clean up helping to uh, pick the trash so that the yeah. campus wa wasn't a in disarray at the end of the event. Hey, and you're right there next to me cleaning up. So yeah. I thank you for getting dirty afterwards too. Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, so we, as we talked today, we talked about transcendent friendships. You know, we talked about a, uh, what, 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 are, what does it look like when you go through hard times? So what does it look like when you, when you have the, the, really the, you have the relational currency to have hard talks and, and to overcome those? Um, I had the beauty of having shared experiences and how those deepen and really they color your your, your friendship and then um, how you're able to be there for one another to help and support each other um, on different endeavors and uh, and initiatives that did you have. But that's the, that's the podcast today on transcendent friendships. Thank you, uh, Chris, for joining us. Thank Any you. last words? Um, wow. Last words. Uh, when's the next one? Next one, okay. It's, hey, I mean, if you want to come over tomorrow, we'll make another one happen, you know? So, so, uh, and I like the, 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 the little video element too. So, he has a nice little background for us over here. So, um, great. So, this is the, the Strong Life Coach podcast. We uh, speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. And of course, you got me, the host, the host Derek, and you had uh, Chris Flores joining us today. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, have a great one. Thank you.